All righty. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. So this is your man, Chad Gable, sitting up behind the podcast here. I'm with my new co-host. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hello, everyone. Hangman Page over here with Chad Gable as the first-time co-host. <laughs> All righty. So we're going ahead and we're, we're bringing back the podcast for you, but this time it's not UWL. Um, it's going to be under AWL, as we all know. Perfect timing, I would say, as well, with All In coming up in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have the big man on campus here as our guest, boss man behind the company. Go on ahead, spill out your guts, tell everybody who you are. Uh, what's good, everybody? I'm Will, chairman of AWL. Um, excited to do this. I remember the first time we did it, it was me, Kevin Lee, and Austin Theory that hosted, and we always had a guest on. So it, it was something it was something I like doing. I'm passionate about um, broadcast media. That's what I want to do um, as a career. So it's always a pleasure to do something like this. And I think you two are right for the job, actually. I actually can't think besides, you know, Theory and Kevin Lee, who did it with me. There's really nobody else I would consider to host something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I even remember when I – when I did the first episode of the UWL podcast, Theory was the first guest, and he was always way – he. I still think he was one of the best guests that I had on that show, even though it was only, like, five episodes. But, you know, yeah. that's how life goes. And we're back here today because, as you requested, you know, All In's coming around the corner, and what better way to kick off this podcast and talk about this monumental show? I mean – In, what, three days, four days, right? I believe five. I believe five days. You know, regular school week. Um, but, uh, yeah, five days on Saturday. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just start off with the the basic question: What made you, what made you want to do all in? Like, obviously, it's a comeback show, but what made you want to start off with such a monumental pay per view that everybody knows that usually, whenever you hear the words "all in," you know something is gonna happen, something big, something historic. What made you want to go with a show like that as your comeback show? Well, I, I think you just kind of set it set it up for me. It when you hear all in, you you think of something big. So I think when it when it came down to it, when I was planning my return, um, I, I actually told you guys that the reason why the main reason why I return is because I felt like I haven't reached my peak yet. So I wanted something that that could really live up to the hype in my mind that my return would bring. So looking at it, I look at the way like AEW started, for example, they picked something they picked all in to do. And it was a big show. It, everybody knew that it was that, that big um, startup show. So I feel like it's kind of symbolic for me because we're entering into a, a new era in AWL and um, all in has always been, that symbolic new era type type show to me. So that's, that's really why I picked it because I felt like that it was a good way to usher in a new era. I got you on that one. And I know you've you mentioned new era a couple of times, so that's it immediately feeds me right into my next question. Is there anything that's going to be different about the new revamped AWL, is there going to be, is it all minor changes or is this going to be something completely different than what we saw from about half a year to a year ago? You know, I can't reveal too much because we're not through the first show yet, but what I will say 
is that there there's going to be there are going to be there is going to be a a couple of major changes I'd say. I don't I don't know if they're major yet. We'll have to see based on the reaction. But there are minor changes that I'm making. Um, you're going to see changes with the roster construction, um, the way the shows are built. Um, you're going to see uh, changes when it comes to what you see actually when it when it comes to the product, when it comes to the week-to-week operations of the company. Um, I'm going to do my best with my team to make sure everything runs more smoothly um, and more effectively than I did when I, I was first here because one of my issues was um, every everything was kind of like clunk to get, clumped together at times, it felt like. So I'm going to do a better job of that on my part. So um, I wouldn't say they're going to be monumental changes, but things are going to be done better and more effectively on my part um, with my team. And I know you keep mentioning your team and one of those men being on your team is actually Paige, my fellow co-host here. So I, uh, I believe this question can be directed towards both of you. Um, I guess the first part can be for you, Will, on what made you want to branch out and bring a couple into your team? Um, what did you see in Paige and Christian Cage? And then, uh, Paige, how do you feel about being added to this team? What exactly are your duties going to be? I know it was lightly touched on in the all-in announcements, but if there's anything that you two want to share about this new team going forward, I think everybody would love to hear about it. Uh, yeah, so there's a saying, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. So I didn't want to bring in too many people to my team. So I narrowed it down to a few guys that I really trust. I want to have multiple opinions, multiple, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Multiple guys that I can, I can trust to better the product. If let's say I'm at a little bit of a block when it comes to what we should do next for a storyline or what we should do next for this character. I have guys to fall back on who might have a different idea than me or might have a better idea than me. It, and I can rely on them to help me run things more smoothly. Um, When it comes to picking the team, I thought of, you know, who's been there with me even when I was gone. And that, uh, Christian Cage, he was one of the guys that I talked to ad nauseum while I was gone. Um, You know, I picked... Uh, Page because I know he's done this before with UWL. Um, if I'm, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but you worked with ECW as well. Uh, from sometimes, uh, not with the league in general. That was Cole who worked with the league. I was kind of more so with my character and some of my storylines. I would suggest things. Okay. Well, I, I know you've done it before with other people with uh, UWL, especially. So I trust I trusted Paige to be one of those those minds. Um, when I came back, I had kind of lost lost touch a little bit in the community with like who was hot, who was not. So that was the that was basically the decision to bring him in as head of talent relations. Um, So, because he knew the community probably better than I did. Actually, for sure, he knew the community better than I did. Um, 
And then, you know, I have Ethan Designs, who works with graphics and all that. Um, he's been a blessing in disguise because... He really has. Editing is very... Yeah, editing is very time-consuming. And when I have someone like that helping with the, um, the production of the show, um, it's very helpful. Um, Kyle O'Reilly's on the staff. Um, he's, all, he's always got good ideas, new ideas. Um, he's always got something brewing in that mind of his. So he's a pleasure to work with as well, former AWL champion. Um, yeah, you know, the entire team just kind of, I don't want to say it fell together, but it, it came – it came in place with like a lot of thinking on my part. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but this return was months in the making. Um, the whole ECW storyline, that was not originally how it was supposed to go down. But, you know, I, I can't go live on Instagram, so I haven't been able to kind of explain how it all went down. But yeah, yeah. having a platform like this to explain it is, is kind of nice. So um, I don't know, but... It, it it was a it was a blessing in disguise to work for ECW, being able to open the door for my return, and I'm I'm very glad that I did. Gotcha. Now, Paige, if you want to go ahead and uh, voice your things on how you think you're going to be beneficial in this head of talent relations position, and if there is any sort of conflict with it, considering that you yourself are in a marquee matchup for All In, the first match announced, two veterans between yourself, you and Johnny Gargano, you've all faced off before, and I. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but I believe it's kind of been booked as you have faced off many times before, but you have yet to actually uh, take out Johnny Gargano. Does that do anything? Like, are you going into this with a business mindset or are you going into it as a wrestler? Are you able to separate these two uh, sides of yourself for this match and for the rest of this community as well? Give us a little bit of insight. Well, yeah, first of all, I'd like to thank both of you for giving me the opportunity to be on the podcast. I know I'm the rookie here on this aspect of things, but, you know, podcasts are kind of just like a way as an outlet to express either true feelings or just get people to know you better. So I like, I'm glad to be a part of this opportunity. Um, when Will approached me about being head of talent relations, I believe it was after ECW anniversary or the next show afterwards, which was like right after my match. And I was, of course, very astounded because... Me, personally, I don't think I know that much about most people here in the community besides all the close friends from ECW and UWL. But, you know, I've been around for about four or five years, so I can understand where he was coming from in the, in the sense that I know the community, I know the vibes that people have in character and out of character. So all the people that you see on the roster, I will not shamelessly take credit for playing a hand in getting them here. As like and that's out of character and in character, obviously. Um, but yeah, he wanted me to make sure that the talent that's signed to the company are people that he can work with and trust pretty well. Uh, some of the people in this company he's had before, like Kyle O'Reilly and Kip Sabian and other superstars like Austin Theory and whatnot. Other ones are brand new, like myself and uh, Chris Bay. I believe Johnny Gargano as well. So All In is the official debut of both myself and Gargano, but correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, you're right. I've never worked with him before. Awesome. Uh, let me see. 
but yeah, I was glad to have the offer to join as head of talent relations. That was that's the main front of my duties is to just see what kind of talent is out there whenever we need talent. Sign on the UWL, not UWL, AWL. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've worked. Wow. I've worked for many leagues before. Wow. <laughs> Which I, that might be another reason I believe why Will might have hired me is that I worked with UWL for NXT. Adam Page heel turn confirmed. Oh <laughs> my god. Stop it. Anyways, I I feel like that's another reason why Will hired me was because I worked with UWL on NXT, writing scripts and signing talents as well, and then of course Wrestle War. Obviously, I run that with. Tommaso Ciampa, although recently it's been more him than me. Fucking Ciampa. Um, so it's it's it also I have more experience running in leagues, so my input is also extended to the fact of storylines and characters where to go with those. Um, but more on the match at All In, it is pretty much being booked that way. Other than you know there there needed to be a big marquee match to open the show, and at this point of my stage in my career, I'm just wherever people need me, I'm going to be there, whether it's on screen or off stage. And when he approached me about getting Gargano, took a lot of convincing to get Gargano on board. So that match might actually not have happened if Gargano didn't agree. But after twisting his arm a little bit, we managed to get him on board, get into the Iron Man match. And in fact, that it is true. I've never beaten John in a match. We've only ever fought in ECW on two or three separate occasions. And every time he's beaten me. So I'm looking for the big win here. I'm approaching it as a wrestler, but in the back of my mind, I know what's best for business and I know who should win. Now, this, going off of how it's been billed as, or not has been billed, but it's been promoted that you've never won. Isn't that a little bit doesn't it light a little bit of a fire of some sort of anger or something? So far, you've stayed pretty, pretty polite and pretty sportsmanlike with your responses to everything, and there really hasn't been a lot of banter between the two of you since this match was announced. Doesn't this make you a little angry that once again you have to fight Johnny Gargano in a ring, and once again everybody's talking about how you've never beaten him? Mm-hmm. Especially considering that you had to twist his arm to fight you again. Do you think that Johnny's just simply not interested? Do you think that he just thinks this is kind of just a a warm-up before any other big match? Do you think he's looking at it that way? No, I believe Johnny was honestly thinking his last match in ECW at Slammiversary against Kyle O'Reilly was going to be his last match. Then One Night Stand happened, and in the planning of that show... Uh, we were approached by ECW for one more match, and that was when I started trying to twist his arm to join the company. And he was very reluctant until the last minute to say he was ready for the match. So I have a feeling he feels like he doesn't need it as much as the company needs it, as much as I would want it to happen. I've been polite with him because we're OGs. We've been around for the same amount of time. But, you know, it's getting to a certain day and age where being polite isn't going to get anywhere with someone who doesn't seem to want to do anything. And it was only coming back because he wants the spotlight, it seems like. So, uh. aside from getting a win 
finally over him at All In. I'm looking to set an example to Gargano and any of my doubters like Kip Sabian, Jay White, and Dominic Dajakovic, who all think I should stay behind the screen when in reality the reason why I'm on screen is because they can't do their jobs. Wow. Tough, tough words from Hangman Page ahead of his match at Johnny Gargano at All In. It's the truth. I wouldn't be wrestling if I wasn't needed. It's the Iron Man match, too. I don't know if that's, I believe that's been announced yet, or if that hasn't yeah, been announced, then that's breaking news here, but. It's been, be a, it's been announced a few times, which was a little icing on the cake because we can see how many times I pin Gargano's shoulders to the match or even make him tap out. Who knows? Maybe through his own move. Man. Will, you've got to be sitting here listening to this and kind of feel happy that you're starting to see a little spark out of Paige before this match. I mean, five days away, this is the kind of energy you want to be seeing from these competitors. Oh, yeah, and see, that's that's what I've always – that's another reason why I wanted to bring Adam Page on board because I I, I had a thought in my mind, and, and it's coming to fruition that he could get some of these, these roster members or people competing at All In to kind of, you know, do their promos, um, promote their matches, um, make it an attraction because that's what it is. It's, it's an attraction right now because – who knows the future of AWL uh, beyond this event? Um, we we don't really know. So um, it's it, it's great to see when somebody um, takes their character, brings it to life, and grabs it by the horns, and does it their way. Um, I, I always love when when people do that because it shows that they care. It shows how much. Uh, motivation they have and it's you know being motivated in life is one of the the best feelings when you know that no matter what you do or no matter what message or goal you're trying to accomplish um, your motivation can lead you to it and it's always been a great thing to see when, when people have that motivation to do so yeah and you know with with all in being a special attraction you know as much as we would love for it to be a perfect build and a perfect show with no issues. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen. It's already had a little couple hiccups here and there um, due to Jade Cargill's injury during her warm-ups and practices and everything else in her preparation for her match against Liv Morgan. Um, how did that? How did that feel having to replace her with Red Velvet in order to keep Liv Morgan a spot on the card? Do you think this is gonna be a a hindrance for Liv Morgan, or do you think that this is a better chance for her to shine, showing how she can adapt? And then Red Velvet, I mean, this is this is her chance to step up and be in the spotlight. I mean, what do you guys think about that whole situation, since you are both kind of involved in that? You know, I mean, it's unfortunate that we had to make a change with everything that happened to Jade, but um, one thing that we're going to have to do is uh, adapt and Im- improvise instead of caving. So um, I think this was a great, a great way to show everybody that we're not just going to roll over and uh, cave to pressure when when unfortunate situations arise. Um, you know, to answer your question about Liv, um, we've seen her throughout her career. She's multiple-time women's champion. Um, 
one of the greatest um, AWL women's competitors of all times. Uh, heck, you could even say one of the greatest of all time, period. Um, not just limiting her to the women. Um, so I'm not worried, really worried about her uh, getting hindered from this. Um, I think she's just going to take it as another day at the office, um, come in, get it done, and leave like usual. Um, as for Red Velvet, she was already going to be in Jade Cargill's corner anyway. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for her to shine and put her name out there to not only AWL management, but other other promotions as well that she uh, potentially wants to work with. So, I mean, this is both of those women to get a huge victory in their first first match since the return. And um, I don't know, not going to... Not going to spoil anything, but the winner of this match could be uh, expecting some some more opportunities coming their way in the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing about this show. You know, everybody's got to be vying for a chance to make a name for themselves. I mean, take a look at Chris Bay. He came out in ECW a little later than everybody else probably would have liked him to, but he started making a name for himself, and now just like – uh, Johnny Gargano, even though Johnny Gargano is a little bit more experienced, Chris Bay has a chance to make a huge mark in this company already by saying he has the chance to beat one of the two EVPs for this company. Um, so I guess for you, gentlemen, how does it feel that um, another member of your team is going to be competing at all in? Um, does it put a little bit of fear in the event that either one of your team members gets hurt? Like, will you have to find somebody else is that going to derail anything but then what also made you want to put chris bay a young and rising star in this position like obviously there's some talent there um do you think that this is his chance to potentially make a name for himself is he possibly awl's next big thing uh, yeah i mean <clears throat> i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and, and say oh yes chris thing he is the only next week thing i think everybody on this show um that's looking for an opportunity has a chance to get themselves an opportunity i think when you look at um when you look at chris bay when you look at oh uh the bullet club when you look at um adam page and johnny gargano you know they've never or the Bullet Club has worked with me before, but they haven't worked as a team. So when you look at those four, those five guys um, who have never really worked the same setting they are now with me, it's an opportunity for all of them to grab, I, I hate using this, but grab the brass ring and show everybody that they have what it takes. So while I'm not going to say Chris Bay is for sure the next big thing, with a win over Christian Cage, um, he, he could very well prove to us that he has what it takes to be a future world champion, which um, as of now, I think he does. Um, and as to as for your question about being worried about um, injuries, um, I'm going to let Hangman take that one because, um, you know, it, it's not really my place to to talk about, you know, my my management team as wrestlers when it comes to things like injuries and 
um, you know, hypotheticals. So I'll let let Hangman take that one. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't think the injuries are going to bother our team too much. Like, no matter how serious it is, because we're wrestlers, we know how injuries are. They either happen by accident or they happen on purpose. But at this show, I don't think anyone's looking to maim or injure people. I think everyone's just looking to make their mark and make an impact. And if injuries happen to myself or Christian Cage, we're just going to take the ball and run with it. I mean, we've got jobs to do, two contracts, working as management and wrestlers. We, we know what we signed up for, and we know how to pull our own weight. And if anything happens, we'll still keep going at the same pace we're going and take care of everything as it goes. I got gotcha. you. I understand. Now, I will say, speaking of pulling your own weight, I mean, gentlemen, what a big AWL title match that we have coming up here. It's the last ever ECW champion, Jay White going against the current champion, The Miz. And, I mean, this match has been kind of idled out. I mean, look at The Miz's whole path. The Miz went from kidnapping people's best friends title match, and now he's life. And not really saying a whole lot. Going up against an absolute cutthroat wrestler in Jay White, who has no problem turning on his own friends and fighting against his own stablemates to get championships. I mean, how do we think this match is going to turn out? I mean, Paige, I know you just said that people aren't out to injure or main people on this show, but if you get in the ring with Jay White, you're pretty much guaranteed to come out hurting. And then, Will, this is your championship, your main championship that we're talking about here. I mean, this has got to be something that you've got to have a close eye on and have some investment in. Uh, yeah. Um, so you talked about hiding behind his wife. Um, you know, she'll, she will be in his corner. Um, as of now, I hope that she doesn't get involved. But I think we all know that that's it, it's unlikely that she doesn't get involved, so that's a little bit disappointing. But um, if there's anybody that can weather the storm and get past it, it's Jay White. We've seen it before, as you said, last ECW champion. Um, you know, when it comes to this match, I think what I'm looking forward to most is, is the pride both of these men have. Um, obviously, we've seen the Pride uh, show in droves when it comes to The Miz. It comes out in droves. Um, he will do anything to retain his title, even if it means losing the match by DQ or countout. We saw that with uh, Chad Gable. So, um, he's not going to shy away. He's not going to shy away from using dirty tactics. And then you see the Pride with Jay White. He was the last ECW champion. Um, he will do whatever it takes as well. So I, I think this is the perfect main event. You have two guys who love themselves more than anything. You have two guys who um, refuse to lose, but one of them is going to have to. So um, that, that's the most interesting dynamic, in my opinion. Paige, do you have any thoughts about this match? I mean, this is 
two people that you're going to have to have relations with being the head of talent relations and two men that you're going to have to keep an eye on and try and pitch some ideas for to keep them in a good environment. I mean, do you think this match has any uh, potential volatile consequences? Do you think there could be any danger coming out of this or are you just waiting to see how it goes before you jump to any conclusions? No, there's a potential. Like I know I said earlier, no one's looking to maim or injuring this show, but like someone said earlier, like we all know, anything can happen. And with these two men, willing to do anything and everything. Jay usually tries to attack his opponents week after week after week before the show, as we saw with myself, and or play mind games with them like he did with Chris Bay and Adam Cole. Uh, and in the ring, he's a technician as well, and he's very smart and cunning and can make quick decisions on the fly. Like for myself in our match, he hooked my head me out by doing that when he went for his Blade Runner. One, two, three, out cold. So, Jay knows exactly where to go. He truly is a switchblade. He knows where to get you. He knows where to take the life out of you or take the breath out of you and knock you down for the count. But Miz, however, is crafty in the aspect that he knows where he can run to. He knows where he can hide. He knows how to play tricks. Jay is upfront in that he will tell you I'm going to do this to you, and you're going to like it. No, not like it. You're going to hate it, but it's going to happen. Miz is more so, here, I'm going to distract you with this and then take you out with a sucker punch. Miz is cowardly, but both, and Jay is a prick, but both men need to be given their props. They've done what they've done for months and years, and both of them now at this point in this very high stake of a match because like Will was saying earlier, this is a big deal. Both of them have been on a roll lately with wins or successful title defenses. And the, I feel like even though Miz is the champion, he's got a lot to prove against Jay White considering what happened in your match with him at One Night Stand, Gable. And Jay White's looking to prove that he's still the top guy in this industry. He should have been, in his mind, the one to close out ECW. And considering he was technically beaten for the championship, but he beat everyone that there was in the company for that championship, he's he's the top dog in this fight. So I feel like Jay's a favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if Miz pulls the rabbit out of the hat, so to speak. Well, at least some people agree with what I think about the Miz, but you know, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay unbiased on that because, you know, I'm here as a podcast host. But one thing that I cannot be unbiased about is the tag match between the Bullet Club and the system. I mean, gentlemen, I'll I'll let you talk about it for a bit before I give my piece because since I'm a competitor, I don't feel that it's fair of me to comment on it while I have my feelings. So, I mean, you you both have mentioned in previous posts that this is the foundation of the tag division. I mean, what made you guys want to uh, build this matchup? Um, do you think that this is a good match to represent the potential tag division in AWL? And is there anything on the stake online here besides just making a name for yourself and being that first tag team to say, hey, I want a shot? What do you guys think about that? Well, you know, I'm not going to say it is like a shot of the titles is on the line or anything like that. 
Um, but obviously, every every win matters um, because wins and losses are going to matter here. Um, so when it when it comes to being the foundation of the tag team division, um, the two teams are tied at one in previous matchups. I, if my memory is correct, um, you would you be are, correct. You two are tied at one, so. This this match gives an opportunity to both teams to um, win the best of three and um, prove that they are going to be the foundation of the tag team division. Uh, in my previous run, tag team wrestling was not something that was prominent. Even in the community itself, there you find very few leagues, very few companies that value tag team wrestling like they should. So it's important to me to make sure that tag team wrestling is something that we do right. And I feel like these two teams are the two best teams to showcase what we are able to do um, at a high level. So, you know, this, this match is a, is a very, very important match for the future of the division. Um, This match may convince other people to, you know, want to team up with somebody and go for a run. Um, Obviously, no tag titles have been announced yet. We'll see where that goes. But when it comes down to it, you know, who knows? Maybe the winner of this match is first in line for a tag title shot. But it's not really about that in my mind. It's about getting a win and showcasing and elevating the, the tag team division in the AWO. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because, like you said earlier, Will, nowadays there's, like, no tag team divisions or any relevant tag team divisions in the community because no one really wants to team up or there's not that many teams around here to be put together. And the teams that are put together are, like, solo stars that are thrown together for, like, two or so months, and then they split up because it's time for them to go their separate ways. And I feel like AWL has the chance to reignite that. So we wanted to go with two of the tag teams in ECW that, you know, kind of in the last few days reignited that feeling. I mean, the system was a perfect fit because the system were the only relevant tag team champions and they beat everyone on the roster for good reason. They were well trained unit, uh, Gable and Dijakovic. It used to be Theory and Dijakovic, but when Theory took um, a break to kind of get his mental health fixed into the right state of mind, which props to him for taking that and going with it. But the system was a well-trained unit, and Bullet Club is too, but I believe no one has ever faced Devitt and Pac as a tag team before. If I remember correctly, the system has only faced Bullet Club in the form of Adam Cole and Pack. So they're kind of both sides are going to have to adjust to the reins a little bit because Pack has to know how to work with Devin. Um, but this this does have ramifications for how the tag team division is. This match could make or break the entire division as a whole. If it underperforms, there will simply be no tag team division. That's just how I see it. So. A lot of eyes are going to be on this match, especially from management. So, 
a lot of pressure on these men, but I'm sure they'll deliver, and we'll see what happens from there. Well, I will say, I will say this, because I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it. But uh, as you mentioned earlier, Will, this is this is the rubber match. The first time, or the system, as you said, Jacob, or not Jacob Page, uh, as you said. Name drop. Name drop. Nothing people didn't know already. Yeah. Um, as you said, Paige, uh, the system was absolutely dominant. We burst onto the scene, and sure, we may have gotten a couple punches thrown at us that we couldn't handle, but, you know, we knew in due time that we were going to come back, and this was the whole point of the system. The whole point of the system was to point out the flaws in not just ECW, but in all of wrestling. The system was around to prove that, hey, Wrestling can be good again. Tag team wrestling can be good again. And that's what we did. We took the championships off of the Hurt Business, who was absolutely poisoning tag team wrestling. And we took those titles. And sure, there were probably some times when the tag team titles weren't really cared about. But at the end of the day, you couldn't deny that the system was a prevalent force. You couldn't deny that the system was making tag team wrestling interesting again. And we were beating everybody that was put in front of us. We were beating Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, the House of Black on more hands than I can count. And, you know, the one team that could ever take those titles off of us until One Night Stand. Or, excuse me, not One Night It was One Night Stand. It was. Oh, until One Night Stand, the only team that ever beat us for those tag team championships was the Bullet Club. And they couldn't even do that without a little bit of help. And then we had that rematch a couple weeks later. We took the titles back and the Bullet Club imploded. But yet now here they are again. And it's nothing that they did. This is a good match. It's a match that people want to see. The Bullet Club versus the system. And I, we talked about people cracking under pressure. And yeah, nobody's ever seen Devitt and Pack team up. But Bullet Club is the same old Bullet Club. You single them out. You put them on their own. They don't know what to do. I mean, look at what I did a couple days ago. I started a little verbal taunting, some verbal jabs, and nothing. What happened to the Bullet Club that everybody knew? What happened to the cocky, brash young upstarts who absolutely took over ECW, who wouldn't stop reminding you that they took over ECW? Where are they now? They were humbled by Dijakovic and I. They were humbled by Theory and I. They were humbled by Theory and Dijakovic, however you want to put it. The system humbled the Bullet Club, and now they're afraid. They are afraid, and they are going to fail once again. And maybe they're just not going to let me run my mouth like I always do. But, boys, I don't think you have to worry about anything with this tag division, because as long as you've got the system around, You've got, you've got hope, not just for tag team divisions, but for wrestling in general. And that all in, despite what other people have tried to do with myself and the system, the system will prove, as always, now and forevermore, that I work. Another thing I just realized, Adam Cole still has some unfinished business with Prince Devitt. And he's been teasing that he's going to make either an appearance in All In or sign with the company. So we don't need Adam Cole. Not that yes, not that you need Adam Cole, but 
there could be a possible appearance by Cole that could either distract Devitt or even attack Devitt. But to your point, the Bullet Club has no friends. And that was a point that I was getting to earlier. The Bullet Club now has no nobody left except for themselves. I think Devitt and Pack are the only ones that are still holding on to this illusion that the Bullet Club is still fine. They have no one. Every time they succeeded, they had somebody to help them, and now they don't. But I've rambled on long enough. I think, if you don't mind, Will, I think Paige and I will give our prediction on some of these cards. If you want to chime in, you can, but I understand and respect the fact that since this is your company, you probably don't want to share um, who you think may come out on top. I won't give predictions, but I'll, I'll give my thoughts on the match. Yeah, so... Paige, since you have the match card in front of you, if you just want to go ahead and go down your list and we can talk about those just to close out the podcast a little bit. All right, so we're going to go from start to finish based off of the opener all the way to the final match. So the opener is Johnny Gargano versus myself, Adam Hangman Page, in an Iron Man match. Uh, I'll start with my prediction at least. Both of us know what each other are like. Both of us know that times have changed over the years. We're both different, but we'll still use the same old tricks. Uh, we're not going to back down from a fight. However, as we've previously mentioned, I have not beaten Gargano. Gargano's here just because he was asked to be here. Um, so, if anything, since I've got the fire to get that win over him and pretty much the will to do anything to do what's best for business and myself and What's for the universe? I'm giving the edge and the win to me. I I don't know how many pins I'll get because I'm not a mystic. I'm not going to call my shot in the event that I fail. But no matter what, I'm walking out with that win. Well, I I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and come out and say it. Yeah, Johnny Gargano has gotten the win over Paige a bunch of times, but... I think Johnny Gargano is one foot out the door, and I don't think he's looking at this with as much intent as you are, Paige. But at the same time, you can't you can't take away the fact that Johnny's got your number. So, I mean, I boys, I wouldn't be surprised if this one ends in a draw. After all, it is an Iron Man match. This isn't one pinfall or one submission decides it. This isn't a count-out walk-away, and there's no disqualification. This is see a draw whether it's a time limit draw or a pinfall draw, I I would not be surprised if that's the case here. Well, you know, if you believe... I'm not going to give a prediction, like I said, but I will get my thoughts. If you believe in do, Adam Page is probably the most do wrestler on this planet to beat Johnny Gargano. But we all know what, Johnny's, we all know what Johnny, Johnny is capable of. We know what he's done in his career, the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly. We know he is capable of digging deep and beating, beating even the most unbeatable um, performers on this planet. So, you know, I'm, I'm not offering my, my prediction, but I believe that this could go down is at, or as one of the best matches of the year and a potential match of the year candidate when uh, January 1st, 2023 rolls around. Mm-hmm. It's got, definitely got that potential. Yes, it does. All right, Paige, what's the next match, man? All right, next one is a match we have not touched light on yet. 
Cora Jade versus Indy Hartwell. Uh, Cora Jade. <laughs> Sorry, there was some backstage stuff between Cora Jade and I and ECW. So I have I have known love lost for her personally. However, she was an ECW Diamond Division champion, and she whenever she had that title, she may not have been the best champion, but she lets you know that she was a champion. And now I've never. You two probably know more about Indy Hartwell than I do. This is a name that I haven't heard of, but obviously she wouldn't be on All In if it wasn't for the fact that she was good. But, I mean, I got to say, I know more about the track record of Cora Jade, even though I may have some personal distaste for her. I think this is going to be another chance for her to prove herself and why she belongs here in the IGWC. Yeah, with the... With Cora Jade, she had a short stint as ECW Diamond Division Champion, whether that was by uh, whatever the phrase is, whether she won it legitimately or not. By hook or by crook. Yeah, by hook or by crook. uh, That's up to the fans and everyone else. But she was a fighting champion, and she did go down swinging. She was welcoming to all challengers. I mean, I think she was the first woman to have to defend her title in a fatal four-way match in ECW. Uh, so she was willing to take the odds that were stacked against her and bone fit. Now, Indy Hartwell, I also barely know. I've seen that she's won a lot of matches, that she's a great talker. So I felt she was a perfect fit for the company, and this would be a good way for her to prove like just come out into the light and be like, "Hot, hey, I'm here. I came to win, and I'm going to do that." So, I honestly have no idea who will win this match. I'm just gonna sit back with this one as a spectator and just watch and see who takes the win. Uh, this is one of the matches that I was, you know, actually looking forward to kind of seeing because I haven't worked with either of them before, really. Um, and they were two names that I was recommended um, recommended to. So, with that being said, um, a win here is absolutely huge for both women. Um, and, you know, we talk about Chris Bay being a future star of the men. But uh, when you talk about future women stars, we could be looking at the, the winner of this match being one of those future stars. So, I'm looking for... So you do have a point. You do have a point there. This is a good chance for people to make a name for themselves, as we've stated numerous times. All right. Uh, next match is Christian Cage versus Chris Bay, and I'll take the lead on this one just to mix it up a little bit. Christian Cage, former ECW World Champion himself. This is a matchup between two ECW champions. Uh, I believe Christian was the champion that lost his title to Jay White after he beat Kyle O'Reilly a month or two before. So I feel like Christian's still trying to find his spot after that because he did go on a losing streak and was barely booked after his loss to Jay White. So he's still trying to get himself back into that groove, into that rhythm. And what better way to do that than Jay White's protege in Chris Bay. Chris Bay also just recently lost to Jay White, but in the short amount of time he's been known, He's won both the Gift of the Gods championship and called his shot and took the ECW World Championship from Jay White. So this is going to be a this is definitely going to be a show stealing matchup. Uh, 
I might give the edge to Chris Bay, but being in management, obviously I got a little bias since Chris Bay's also beaten me before. So I'm I'm rooting personally for Christian Cage to take the win here on this one. Uh, see, but that's see you've touched on some things that I could talk about. Christian Cage beat Kyle O'Reilly, but he didn't beat Jay White. Mm-hmm. And Chris Bay did. And Christian Cage disappeared after he lost to Jay White. And Chris Bay still has made a name for himself even after losing the ECW championship back to Jay White. And you, you said Christian Cage is trying to get back in that rhythm, but do you really think that it's a good idea to put him up against an up-and-coming star who has, can prove time and time again that he is battle-tested and going with whatever it might take? It's certainly a challenge. I think, I think it may be a challenge. I think uh, Christian Cage could take advantage of the fact that Chris Bay is a younger star, but I got to go with the fact that, they, that Chris Bay has been is been battle tested in the ring working on everything and Christian Cage has kind of been taking his time off. I gotta go with Chris Bay on this one. Uh both valid points. Um I think the thing when I look at this match, something to note is that um Chris Bay has, has never been in an AWO ring before. So as as a um, uh, as a producer, not as not as a chairman, but as a producer, I have to kind of throw away what he's done in in other companies, and I have to look at what he is going to do in AWL. So that's something to look at. Um, and the, this match was booked because I wanted to give a veteran a chance to face the future. And, you know, see who can come out on top. Um, Christian Cage is a guy, while he's an EVP, while he's a veteran, that doesn't mean he's not going to go guns blazing to to win titles or, or um, get accolades. He's not just going to put everybody over. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, the dynamic of this. Um, Chris Bay as well. You know, he... He opened my eyes in ECW. I, you know, without him calling a shot with the Gift of the Gods title and becoming world champion, he might not be in this position. Um, so he, over the last two, three months, he's really proven himself to me. And um, this is another chance for him to uh, ascend even higher and prove himself even more on uh, Saturday night against Christian Cage. Alrighty, uh, the fourth match on the card. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna keep this one relatively short and sweet because we haven't touched on it, but there's not much to talk about it yet, in my opinion. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Oscar versus Britt Baker. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, Deanna Perrazzo. I apologize. We replaced Oscar with Deanna. That's right. Oscar also got injured during training as well. Um, Your EVP of talent relations, everybody. Hey, don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so- one thing one thing everybody will learn, which probably a lot of people already know, is that plans do change. Plans change, and the card is subject to change. I will tell you what, though, with knowing this now that Diana Perazzo has been repl- has been the replacement for Oscar, 
that's a good replacement, and that actually kind of shakes up this match a little bit because I'm, Deanna Peraza was the one who ended Paige's reign. Paige was looking to prematurely go through the rest of ECW as a women's champion, and Deanna Peraza was the one to do it. Charlotte Flair and Britt Baker are great in their own right, and no one can ever take away that talent, but riding off some hot momentum, so I, I got to give the win to her on this one. Although I am looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be a great women's match, another good showcase for the women's division that AEW was going to offer. I think this is a must-see marquee match. Yeah, uh, obviously, Charlotte Flair and Deanna Perrazzo, no strangers to each other. Charlotte faced Deanna in Deanna's debut match, and Deanna actually beat Charlotte a while ago. Uh, and Charlotte's obviously probably looking into this match trying to get revenge, maybe. But Deanna ended ECW as a champion, and I feel like she's still looking to prove that she's the best women's wrestler on the in the entire world and in the community. So she's looking to get score a huge win here. But the dark horse of this match is Britt Baker. Like I know people don't want to focus on other people's works in other companies, but Britt Baker has been on a very long hot streak in world-class wrestling as the knockouts women's champion on Impact. She's come off of ginormous huge with Lita and Rosemary and other superstars and she's definitely the best women's wrestler I've seen in a while and the most unrecognized so hopefully she can score the win here and be seen as probably the best women in the division uh, with the absence of stars like Paige and Anna Jay not coming over to AWL I feel like Britt Baker is going to take that top spot with this match and prove why she's the queen of the women's division, no pun intended. Well, I think, you know, I do. I do have my eye on um, WCW. Um, One of my my two leagues that I actually pay attention to now that ECW and UWL aren't around. So, I mean – Britt Baker's work in WCW is definitely taken into consideration when I when we brought her over. So um, I think I'm not going to tease anything. This is not indicative of, of what's to come in the future, but this is just a, a general prediction. I think the winner of this match is a future AWL women's champion. Um, and like I said, that's not indicative of, of anything that's going to happen in the future or the winner of this match is, is not necessarily getting a title shot. They may, who knows? Depends on their performance. But, um, but I, I think the winner of this match, well, even the losers could be former, or not former, but future AWL Women's Champions, and that's just how it is. All right, we're getting towards the world here. We got three more matches left. The next one. One we've already touched on and spent a lot of time talking about, Bullet Club versus The System. Um, We've already shared our thoughts on this match, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw out my prediction. I'm going to go with The System on this one. Because as Gable mentioned earlier, Bullet Club has no friends, and they're kind of on their own in this. Gable and Dijakovic have proven to be a united front since they've been teaming together. 
So you got to give the edge to the system in this match. I don't know if it differs for any of you two. I know you won't offer predictions because, you know, you got to stay in the good graces of everyone will, but I know Gable is going to root for the system 100%. So it seems like the system are going to be the favorites of this match and they will most likely be the ones taking the win here. No, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think the system will be the favorites. Everybody wants the system to fall down because we've been so dominant for so long, but time and time again, people have tried to split us up and look what happened. People tried to split us up when Malachi injured theory and try to make him take a break. So I stepped up, kept the system going, kept the tag team titles in the grasp of the system. And Dominic and I did a pretty damn good job. Uh, House even tried to split us up. They tried to keep it going further and we stayed strong. We stayed united. Uh, And then we got theory to come back to the system once again. Them. Nobody could stop us. And uh, I'm looking to keep that dominance going. So, like I said earlier, I think the system has us in the bag. I think it's still going to be a good match, but at the end of the day, the system works. Um, the, the dynamic that I love about this is that, you know, this is the rubber match. This could be the last time these two teams face off for the near, in the near future, you know? Like a win here could propel one team and completely drop the other. Um, right. it, it really just depends. So I think the interesting thing about this, the thing that I'm looking forward to most, is that um, there's there's really high stakes in this match. Um, and, you know, we've heard nothing. I'm, I'm not at any – I'm not prepared to reveal any plans to the tag division, but I think we're looking at a situation here where the winner of this match um, – is destined for a nice little, a nice little run um, here in the near future as AWL returns, um, potentially for a full for a full schedule. Right. All right. Uh, second to last match: uh, Liv Morgan versus Red Velvet. Uh, as we said, Liv Morgan's been a veteran around the community for a while. She's been around you a couple times. She knows how things go. She's looking to show up and win. I've worked with Red Velvet closely as I've managed her a few times in other places. Uh, And, of course, when this match was first announced, she was just going to be in the corner with her friend, rooting for her friend. And now, due to Jade's injury and... I'm guessing Kiera being there for Jade in her time of recovery, Red Velvet's going to be in this match all by herself without her support system. And she's the new kid on the block in this match. So she's got a lot to prove. She's looking to step it up here. Um, and I know that's going to drive her to succeed. But my, I'm going with Liv on this one. I feel like Liv knows what to do. Red Velvet's going to have that nervousness and anxiety get to her, and Liv's going to take advantage of that and get the win. I mean, you basically said everything I would say, so I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Liv Morgan has got the bag on this one as well. Um, as we've already mentioned, Liv is seasoned. Liv is a multi-time WL Women's Champion. Liv has made her mark in this knows how it feels to be in an AWL ring. She knows how it feels to be under the lights, and Red Velvet, I think she'll shine, but this is this is her first match for the company. This is her debut, and she's trying to fill the shoes of her 
I wouldn't say her employer, but her one of her closest friends, her teacher, uh, Jade Cargill. I think the pressure is just going to catch up to Red Velvet, and Liv Morgan's going to take advantage. I gotta say, Liv Morgan's going to win this one. I think you know, with Red Velvet as the underdog here, I'm very interested. See how, like you said, there is a lot of pressure. I'm interested to see how she handles that pressure because there is no Jade Cargill, there is no Kira Hogan, there is no uh, anybody in her corner anymore. Um, and and that comes with a lot, a lot of pressure. So if she's able to weather the storm and and get a little run going on Liv, she might be able to walk out with the win. But on the other hand, you got Liv Morgan, who's you know, we know all her accolades. We don't need to toot her horn anymore. Um, she is the odds-on favorite. And, you know, this this match is very, very important to both of these women. We haven't seen shut down. We've never seen Red Velvet in an AWL ring. So um, both of these women with a win here, I, their confidence goes through the roof. Um and, you know, their stock rises. Uh, the loser's stock is going to rise, too, because I'm very confident that this match is going to deliver. This might be a this is this match is a sleeper that could potentially be one of the better matches on the show. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. This is all of these matches are potential show stealing matches. And this the closer of the show that's going to bring in the most Amount of views, attention, money, ratings. Miz versus Jay White for the AWL Championship. The only known championship at this time that's going to be defended on this show. Um, before, it was just going to be Miz and Jay White. But with the recent news as revealed today that Maurice is now going to be accompanying Miz to the ring, that's going to change things a little bit for Jay White. Because he used to have his buddies like Gato or any of his former stablemates come out and help him in his matches. But now he's 100% alone against someone who's probably going to do the same tactics that he will use. Um, but as I said before, Jay's a crafty individual. I, I would say he's a ring general at this point. He knows where to go, where his limits are, and what he can do to get the win. So... I'm going to go for the big upset here, well, even though it's not really an upset. But I'm going to say Jay makes a statement and takes the title from Miz. And we world's champion by the end of All In. I mean, gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you. I think I've got a personal stake in this match, considering obvious with what already happened with the last championship. But, because, uh, you know, as we know, The Miz basically screwed me out of being the champion. So as far as everything's concerned, I should be in his position right now. So I wouldn't, I would love to see The Miz win so I can get some sort of revenge. But at the same time, I've also got unfinished business with Mr. Jay White, as he is the reason why the Bullet Club has a win over the system. He's the reason why the Bullet Club ended our dominant tag title reign. So, you know, personally, I'm kind of just sitting back and watching the fireworks go. But on paper and considering what I know, 
I'd have to agree with Paige. I think even with all the tricks that uh, the Miz has pulled out here, I think Jay White is prepared. Jay White is the same kind of man. Just Jay White is not a coward. Jay White is sneaky. Jay White is underhanded. Jay White has all of these sadistic ways of going about it. He doesn't care what he does to you, but he's also not going to turn away the help that he needs to get a championship if he needs that help. I got to say, Jay White wins in a dominant fashion over the Miz. Wow, that's kind of bold. Um, so, yeah, Jay White has absolutely nobody anymore. He's dri- driven all of them away. He has nobody that's going to be there for him when times get tough. Um, but I think if there is a is a guy that can can handle that, it is it is Jay White. So I'm interested to see how he handles Maurice on the outside, and I'm also hoping that Maurice doesn't get involved. But I think I just don't see a world where that 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 happens. So, um, without offering a prediction, I'm just going to say this: this is a general prediction, not who's going to win the match. This is going to be. Um, when it's all said and done, there is going to be something that occurs, whether it's in the match, out of the match, that, you know, sets sets the tone of AWL for the weeks, months to come. You know, if that's in the cards, um, there's going to be something that happens that, you know, it, it sets the tone for everything in the future, and I'm really excited for that. Overall, I think when we booked this show, we wanted to give people, um, I mean, obviously, there are some names that are not on the show that um, people would have liked to see, but, you know, that's going to happen sometimes. But I, I'm not going to take away from anybody on the show. I think everybody that's on, on the card, everybody that's performing, um, you know, there's people that will be on the show you'll see. Um, it's gonna be, It's going to be a fun time. Um, I encourage all the performers to go out, hype their matches, promote, um, make this an attraction. This is supposed to be fun. Um, you need, you need to make it fun. If it's not fun, what are you doing? So do your promos, um, go out, hype it, make it an attraction, give people a reason to tune in. Don't just, um, you know, the goal for this show is not just people on the card to view it and, and, interact with it it's people off the card people who are not even in awl i want to help cultivate a resurgence of the igwc so that it becomes fun again because a lot of complaints have been that it's not fun anymore so i I really want this to be something that people remember something that people um, look back at and say yeah awl all in july 23rd 2022 I, I, I wish we could go back to times like that. Um, so just for the people on the car, that's a little message to them. Um, and, and I hope they do. I hope they heed my advice um, because it not only benefits me and the team, it benefits everybody. And I, I think, I truly believe that if everybody comes together to make this something to remember, um, there will people, there will be people looking back at it saying, man, AWL All In was a great time. It was a great show. So, yeah, I I I think this is going to end up being that kind of show. Obviously, by the end of it, some of us, whether we competed 
or didn't compete or even produce the show behind the scenes, there's obviously going to be some doubts later on where it's going to be like, oh, uh, we could have done this better. We kind of did this better. But considering it's the comeback show for an amazing league, I feel like regardless, everyone's going to be happy with the end result. Um, well that brings us to the end of our recording uh gable had to go take care of a personal matter real quick so i hangman page will be the one closing out the show for now uh will thank you for joining us on our show for our first edition uh i'm glad we could sit down and have talks about the reason why awl is coming back and you picked the people you did as well as what this first show is going to set a precedent for for the future of the igwc um it's gonna be it's gonna be a great pleasure of mine to be working with you as well as gables and everyone else in the company and i can't wait to see what we all will do together to change this community of course i mean this is this is what i love doing i love telling stories i love um i love this type of stuff so who knows um I hope this is the beginning of a long, successful partnership. All right. Oh, and speak of the devil, he's back in the room. Uh, any final comments you want to say before we close out, Gable? This uh, one's going to kick the Bullet Club's ass because they're a bunch of bitches. All right. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. Uh, that was Gable signing off. And that was also Will from AWL signing off. I'm Hangman Page, and we'll see you guys next week for another edition of the AWL Podcast. Thank you all for coming out and tuning in. Guests will be announced shortly. All right. Goodbye. Bye.